0: Hello everyone, uh, welcome back to Fast Charge. We are here with a slightly more sedate show than last week's Manic Mess. <laughs> uh There have still been lots of announcements though, it's actually been quite a busy week for the week after EVA, so we have a full slate for you today. Uh, I am joined by Toddy and Chris who you should both know by now. Uh, first up, Chris is going to run us through the Moto Razr 5G. That is the updated version of the fancy retro throwback Razr foldable from Motorola. Um, second up, we have the Poco X3 NFC, to give it the full word name. Such a bad name. Um, I've actually got one right here, if you can see. Uh, so I've only set it up today, so I don't have any like detailed hands-on thoughts. But we'll talk to you a bit about why this might be the best budget phone of 2020, and I'd be surprised if it gets beaten. And then finally, today was the start of the Huawei Developer Conference, which actually saw a lot of news, I think even more than we thought there was going to be. And we were expecting a fair bit. We had six product launches and also a lot of interesting software news, including the surprise tidbit that they finally have Harmony OS ready to go on phones, and we are going to see Harmony OS phones in 2021. Uh, okay so let's start off with the Razer which is kind of weird it's it's exciting it's a foldable but in a way it's also the least exciting of the things we're talking about today because it's the one where it's just yeah it's that that thing from six months ago that with a better processor
1: yeah it's confusing isn't it because the the original was the like 2019 but then it didn't come out until this year and then this one's arrived so it's sort of the 2020 even though the First one came out this year, so it's yeah. <laughs> it's one, of, it's one, it's another one. Of those phones that's the same phone as before, but just tweaked and is basically what it should have been. Um, like the Z Fold Two, it's the phone that know, they wanted is, to release. This is this wait is, a minute. Uh, <laughs> no. Oh, I thought you had the new one. I was very <laughs> excited for a second. No, <laughs> so this is um, this is an old Motorola W three seven seven. But I just <laughs> I, I tweeted that out yesterday ahead of the launch for fun. <laughs> no unfortunately i don't have uh it on me um but i'm looking forward that it looks like they've they've said that we should be able to get a review sample right. in october so you're actually um, gonna see a foldable phone in the flip. yes i'm gonna get a foldable <laughs> phone <laughs> um yeah what what do you want to know the i think some people might be disappointed with some specs a bit like the first one but it has got a lot better
0: i guess that's the main thing what's what, what the headline
1: changes i guess actually start off
0: not the specs, but like design wise. Mm. Obviously what we've seen with Samsung is that each iteration they've tidied up their like the hardware design, hinges, stuff like that. Is there anything changed in the actual physical uh, look and feel or, or hinge design or anything? Oh, I think I lost you for a bit there.
1: Yeah. Well, you lost a, me. I'm a, uh, yeah, I lost you. <laughs> Someone lost. lost.
0: Uh, okay. Well, let's try that again. Um, what what has changed in terms of the the hardware, the actual sort of uh, have they refined the look and feel of it, the hinge, the folding mechanism, anything like that?
1: Yeah. So, if you've got me, um, it's 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 like a, a refinement of the. Not that I've I obviously haven't seen the original or this one in the flesh, but on on paper, this one is um a bit better it's a bit more compact um it's slightly lighter i think about 10 15 grams lighter so it's it's pretty much the same shape but they've just you know they've just nicked off a little bit here and and um so the the chin at the front doesn't have the fingerprint scanner anymore that's probably one of the main design changes so the fingerprint Mm -hmm. scanners on the back um on the round m logo that uh, makes whether sense. that's that yeah, makes yeah, sense. yeah it didn't look that nice on the front of the other one anyway um, it still has the, the chin though right
2: that's still kind of like a signature toddles. razor element
1: yeah so the chin is still there uh, basically exactly like this there is still that chin bit there um, mm-hmm. so the, the foldable comes up and you've got that chin there but it's yeah the fingerprint scanner i'm using this, this is quite handy actually because it's more yeah. like this it's more like this where the the, the m the m logo is on the back and that's the fingerprint scanner um yeah. so whether that's a little bit too low down the phone for sort of your average like your average fingerprint scanner is a lot higher up um so it might be a little bit low down True. um for comfort mm. but i think it looks nicer um i think the build quality's got a lot better it's now made of polished 3d glass and Seven thousand series aluminium. I think the first one was like there was a, at least a few bits of plastic involved in the first mm. one. Toddie might know. Uh, what was that? Sorry, whether
0: there was any plastic in the first one in Ooh. the
1: build. I um, don't remember. Predominantly, it was I think, think
2: glass and metal, but it had like a, a f- the the obviously the display itself was I yeah. think a foldable OLED. Beyond that, though, it was actually pretty premium in terms of the actual yeah. like materials used. Um, the main thing okay. I've noticed is the hinge. It's the same kind of hinge, but yep. with these weird extra little shoulder bits. And I, I personally, I think we, we talked about this when we first saw it, Chris. I prefer the old look, but I understand why they've done this.
1: Yeah, so I, yeah. It, does, Sorry, it's it it's a sort of redesigned hinge. I don't think it's like drastically redesigned or, or you know, re-engineered, but they've improved it. It's made of stainless steel. It's got these moving support plates and you know bits and bobs are, are quite difficult to sort of get your head around and explain but um it's supposed to be good for 200,000 flips um so yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's pretty durable um I love those metrics know. they're so they're so <laughs> pointless I know they well, they have put it into some more quant- <laughs> you know more quantifiable figures mm. so uh they're saying that a power user would flip 100 times a day so that would take them more than five years to reach two hundred thousand. So, I would want to do that just to call myself a power user. Yeah. Like yeah, hundred times, <laughs> yeah. believe it. <laughs> I mean, if I, I can imagine myself just like flipping it, even though I'm not using the phone, like I'll while doing you. something else, just that's, just not factoring a fidgeting. Is yeah, it? yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fidget flips will make up at least fifty percent. so the first one did have. We we never reviewed it. Uh, I think I certainly saw one at preview event. I think Toddy I went hands on with it, so
1: to speak. Yeah. yeah. So we we have we like never a got hands a long on. time with
0: one. No, no, not really. Um... But I know it had some durability issues. There were a lot of reports of it, not as bad as the first fold or anything. But I know. Obviously, when it hit, I was
2: quite impressed because we hadn't re- we hadn't got the Galaxy Z Flip yet. We'd obviously the Fold mm. was out around the same time. That was already kind of suffering from its own issues with the display stuff. They hadn't, I think, released the revised version with the dull caps and stuff. Mm. Um, so, relative to the very very first version of the Galaxy Fold, this actually looked pretty good. Um, yeah. I remember this is brilliant—a kind of cross-section view where, when you fold it flat, the two plates lock in. Yes, the, the hinging. Yeah, to yeah, keep that screen feeling firm on the hinge point, which I thought was really good. Um, but one of the things—the shoulder thing I mentioned earlier—is on the original version, the 2019 version, you can see the kind of gears turning and from the side mm-hmm. if you just hold it side on, and that looks cool and it keeps the phone relatively slim. But obviously, it has the issues then of just letting in. Grits or whatever, which is exactly what I think their exactly shoulders are for now, right? which I don't like <laughs> yeah. aesthetically, but wholly with, like, wholly for with regards to uh, longevity. It,
0: it is kind of mad that both Samsung and Motorola made that exact same thing where they put out yeah. folders and then said, Oh, stuff can get in the Wait. screen. Maybe we shouldn't have left all these <laughs> holes in the phone. Yeah. <laughs> and you kind of like,
2: Yeah. <laughs> I probably would have
0: taken the <laughs> holes out in the first design iteration. Like, how did that make it to production? Oh, wait, to take it out,
1: yeah. they, they, they probably never take these things out of a dust-free environment. <laughs> like, yeah. they, they're, they're building these things in these like immaculate labs and don't realise that they're about to be used in the real world. These vacuum white suits and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah. it's a bit of an odd one. But um, I, I, I think they've got, in a way, hard competition now because Samsung has come on so far in durability mm. that I wouldn't really say... Other than the screens being a bit scratch prone, there's not really any signs of durability issues with the current Z fold and Z flips. So Motorola has got to be like as immaculate on this now, I think, um, if it wants to keep its rep here, but yeah, what about, okay. What about internals? So they have upgraded things. The first razor was really, I almost want to say lower mid range specs. Like it wasn't just mid range. It was was it a six series?
2: Processor? It was yeah. It was a, a lower yeah. six series. I can't remember exactly. Maybe a six thirty something or other. Um.
0: So so it was like the specs of a three four hundred pound phone. Yeah, it was pretty rough. Yeah, and a phone
2: that was a grand. Yeah.
0: Um. Over. They have upgraded this time, Chris. What what what's been put in now?
1: Yes. Yeah, so obviously the the first one got pretty slammed for having it, uh, um, the specs. I've got say seven ten. Oh, it was a 710 so still I a pretty low, yeah. yeah, yeah,
2: considering what else was around there at the time, and like yeah. this being a phone that you know they wanted people to be excited about, hard to get yeah. excited about a 710 for the price,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. So now it's still 7 series, but it's a 765G, which is obviously the chip that we've seen in the OnePlus Nord. Um, I tested out in the LG Velvet, yeah. which was mm-hmm. perfectly. Capable of running the dual screen case, so that was running two screens at once. Um, obviously, the the um, the Razer doesn't have it has two screens, but you're only ever going to use one at a time. Is it 60 hertz um, on both? I presume it's the same screens as before. So this the both displays yeah. haven't changed. They're still 6.2 inch, like for the foldable and the 2.7 inch um, small one on the outside. I think they call that the quick view display Mm -hmm. so those are the same but yes the snapdragon 765g yeah it might not be quite the you know it's not the flagship that some might want especially at the price um but i think we've you know dom and i have seen smooth performance from that chip in other phones totally i think that and we've seen plenty of other brands now
0: put out kind of almost flagships that use that chip and you know, you mentioned the LG Velvet, that's essentially LG's flagship this year, right? That's yeah. the highest spec thing they've been putting out until we get the wing next week, maybe. But um and that's on the seven, six, five G. I think in a way Motorola was almost a bit ahead of its time with the Razors using a seven series, but also it was just it was the wrong seven series yeah. because it didn't have, you know, five G and it was a low spec seven series, even by seven series standards. I think this this we're now the market is much more willing to say yeah there's a space for a kind of flagship device that runs the seven six five G because it's definitely there is a big benchmark gap between that and the eight series but real world usage there's no big gap
2: yeah that and the the G model the seven six five and the seven six five G I think have done a lot for Qualcomm's kind of like other chip families just saying like yeah. they are good too like they can be decent. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the 690 as well, the other 5G capable yeah. 6 series chip that they launched around the same time, is half decent. I'd I'd be yeah. optimistic about it. So yeah.
1: So. Yep. And then Sorry. moving on, it's got yeah. uh, so it's got more RAM. It's got eight gigabytes of RAM now. Uh, it's got twice the storage, 256 gig. Um, it's got a slightly bigger battery at 2,800 milliamp hours. Um, there were rumours of the charging getting faster but it is still at 15 watts mm-hmm. so yeah that's perhaps a little a bit disappointing ropey. um then again it's a tiny battery so it'll still <laughs> a lot <faster. laughs> exactly yeah. <laughs> um it's water repellent stills um i think the first one was they've the one of the press shots shows it like splashing into this water like, that, yeah sp- that's splash, yeah. Sp- very bold you know falling into water about to be you know submerged submerged, and yet the small print says not designed to be submerged so (laughs) hopefully they don't put that image out there too much i mean back in the early days
2: of like the first motorola android phones they had this partnership with a company called p2i who kind of specialized in this hydrophobic coating so Mm. that's not exactly a new feature for the razor family or even any motorola phone that's like kind of worth its salt. um it is a bit yeah it's pretty disingenuous to be showing that press image that you, you shared with us Mm. it's it's a very weird one really
0: water repellent just means it will survive getting rained on yeah essentially
1: yeah, yeah splashes you know oh i i splashed the you know the tap water on yeah. it and yeah it's fine but um and the cameras are the um oh we've already sort of mentioned 5g it's called the razor 5g in so, europe yep. it's not called that outside of europe it's just called the Motorola razor like yeah just keep people them forgot them. about the other one i guess <laughs> 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 um but the yeah so the the main camera which sits below the small screen on the outside when it's shut um yep. is now 48 megapixels with optical image stabilization um and the one on the inside is 20 megapixels so previously it was 16 and 5.
0: Oh, so it is a big camera but bump actually yeah. especially for the main one going from 16 to 48 um, I still wouldn't I haven't yet used a Motorola phone where the camera's really impressed me so I I still wouldn't trust that to be mind blowing I've seen yeah. their
2: imaging lab like in Chicago it's very impressive I don't know why they can't get <laughs> the image processing right like
1: yeah they've I was impressed with the like the G7 range yeah uh, then perhaps You know, I'm coming at that review from a different angle because of how cheap they are. Yeah, for the like I think with
2: Lewis who reviewed, was it Lewis who reviewed the Motorola Edge? Yeah. Yeah, the cameras are fine, but in the flagship kind of space, fine isn't going to cut it really, is it? It's so competitive. And when you think the other competition they've
0: got for this sort of foldable is the the Z Flip, Mm. where I actually can't remember the camera specs off the top of my head, but you're up against Samsung who have such solid image science. Uh, and, you know, the Z Flip is a very capable camera. Um, it's, you know, not Samsung's best, but it is very, very, very solid, and I would expect the Motorola to struggle running up against that in comparison shots. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, guys, Lewis just dropped into the chat just to say that he did admittedly like the Motorola Edge camera, just so you know. Oh,
0: there you go. <laughs> Good to know. He's got a fan. Uh, <laughs> nice. What about price, Chris? Because mm. uh, that's obviously the big question mark with this kind of stuff. They're, they're going lower on spec, but that's okay. Maybe depending on where they're pricing it,
1: uh, was well, cheaper than the original, which is okay. good. So it's thirteen uh, hundred and ninety nine pounds, one thousand
0: three hundred ninety
1: nine. Okay, isn't so the challenge there is that is still pretty much bang on the Zed.
0: That's the yeah. right? Which, which is, is, is what eight five five plus every spec for foremost. the first one. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, the eight five five plus on the first gen, yeah. the eight six. Is the 865 Plus? I think the, it's just a regular
2: 865, think, but either yeah,
0: way. Like, Yeah, so you're up against a Z Flip, which beats you on almost every single spec. Mm. If you're playing top trips yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, so I guess this is the thing, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. as you, you said in your piece, there's a nostalgia factor to the Razer, which I half have. I never owned the Razer. I remember thinking it was the coolest phone in the world when I was a kid and it came out. But I then saw the Z Flip in person and thought it was the coolest phone in the world, like, right now this year when I got to play with it and for me that that wins
2: mm. I mean it's interesting yeah. looking at, at the the design differences as well I think aesthetically obviously there's a certain level of the design was led by the old phones with the razors yeah. um, I don't know whether that was a good or a bad thing like the chin was definitely a divisive thing when I saw the first one and we were talking about it like at the event mm. um, I, I think it's good that they keep it now. They've kind of established that they're going with the old design language. Mm. Um, but I do wonder whether that's going to put people off.
0: I do feel it looks a bit dated mm. in a funny way. For for an entirely wild new high-tech form factor, especially next to Samsung's mm. rival, I feel like the just the aesthetic looks old. And that's fine because it is obviously, like we said, it's playing to nostalgia. But say, I would think it in a way does a worse job of that than it's a very different phone and a very different price point, but the way Nokia handled it's like the 3310 and the other little nostalgic uh, feature phones, it's been putting out sort of one a year for the past few years. Where it didn't ape the original design, it modernized it, and you still look at it and say, oh, it's a 3310, but it looks like a modern feature phone. It doesn't look like an old one. And I feel like Razor, Motorola has half done that here, but I still there are elements of the way the Razor, the new Razer looks that to me look old-fashioned, I guess.
2: I like that... Um the cover display on versus the Z Flip I think I prefer the larger cover display on the Razer designs Um, and you can do a lot more with it I know you really liked the little display on the Z Flip um, but just in terms of functionality from what they were talking about with the new one as well they've improved a lot of the things that were already in place on the first gen from last year Um, almost to the point where they were like you don't even really have to open the phone up you can just use the cover (laughs) display which I thought was quite funny
1: yeah they've added quite a lot of uh, functionality to that so it's now it now supports the android 10 navigation gestures um so you can use it quite you know a mm-hmm. lot without opening the phone so um you know you, it supports spotify google maps so you can get turn by turn like navigation oh, you can good. can cool. c- control your your music playback um you know a few other things um you can swipe to quickly open that camera um the forty eight megapixel one so you can you know you could use that as your as your selfie camera quite easily and then you can swipe the other way and set all your favorite apps and contacts mm. which is quite cool uh
2: new colors as well is that
1: right there's one new color uh, so there's three colors this time. Uh, polished graphite, liquid mercury and blush gold. So I think the gold and one of the other ones was there last year. I can't remember which one's the new one. Maybe liquid mercury? I think that mercury one to, sounds, to, is, yeah, that, I yeah, presume yeah. that's yeah. like a silver? Yeah. Yeah, before it was the
0: dot grey which I guess is the graphite yeah. and the yeah. gold but I think the gold wasn't in the UK. It was like very specific Some markets, markets yeah. Um, but, yeah. Ooh. No, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see this. I'll admit I'm still a sceptic that it can compete with the flip for me. I would like to see the razor cost a couple hundred pounds less than the Flip for me to be then looking at it and saying, buy this one if you want the foldable thing, but you don't mind that the Spectre are a bit worse and you can save a little bit of money on that. Yeah. But that's just where I come from. But I'm, I'm, I'm a Z Flip fanboy, to be
2: honest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for competition there. so. Yeah.
0: Uh, cool. Well, if that's that, I think probably we can move on to the Poco X3 which is right at the other end of the spectrum. Uh, it is not £1,400. It is £200 uh, if you want the cheapest model, and you can go up to a whopping £250 if you really stretch yourself. Uh, we don't often talk about budget phones on the show. I think often they come out thick and fast, and they're often not that interesting. Yeah, I
2: think there was the one meet when it was just an iron and myself. We had a good old chat about the Moto G5, what, G+, 5G. Yeah, Bad name, good phone (laughs) Well remembered (laughs) (laughs) But I I think Poco is
0: in a different space And it's notable there hadn't actually been that many Poco phones Mm. Uh, I think this is only the second To come to the UK Yeah, that sounds
2: right Yeah, I reviewed the first one, I really liked it
0: Yeah, I I didn't use it But I know everyone everyone loved it And at the time it was fantastic value They then jumped from F to X with the X2 Which is the follow up to the F1 Despite changing letters Uh, But that only came out in India this year so it wasn't even that long ago it was six months ago or something like that but now we have the x3 which is actually getting a global release funnily enough i'm not i think they said they haven't announced whether it will or not go to india so india might just have the x2 but not get the x3 while everyone else gets the x3
2: can i confirm the full name of this phone is not just the poco x3 right it is the poco x3 nfc (laughs) Because the big. I don't get
0: it because they didn't even make a fuss about the NFC during the presentation. <laughs> it's not an exciting feature. Yes, it's got NFC. The last one didn't have NFC. NFC is convenient. You can do like, mobile payments is the main thing, obviously. <laughs> you can use Android Pay. Oh, Google Pay, sorry. But I, is is that really? like I get 5G going in the name of your device, but NFC?
2: yeah I, I get it with like what year is it yeah yeah <laughs> I, I get it with the samsung galaxy z flip kind of and i got yeah. it with like you know the original Samsung galaxy note edge because it was kind of highlighting look it has a curved edge yeah nfc is such a just a so what feature uh to most it, users i think i know obviously it has value and, and people definitely use it it's important and like, it,
0: it's a big ding for me when i review a phone and it doesn't have nfc that is a big like you know, and you've got a flag to people. You can't use mobile payment. You know, you can't use this to pay with contactless, but still
2: it, it's not the headline hero. Like, Oh my God, <laughs>
0: the Poco X3 has NFC.
2: Can I ask about price now? Is it affordable? I presume it's affordable. Uh, yeah.
0: I think, I think I already said it's, it's 200 pounds for the, they should call uh, it the Poco
2: X3 200 pounds.
0: Yeah. That's a better selling point. It's right. It, it's 200 pounds for the 64 gig storage model, 250 for 128 gig. That's good. So, I would generally say you should go for the bigger model there. 50 quid for double the storage, I think, is worth it. But if you know you use everything in the cloud, you might be able to get away with the 64 gig one. Um, but the thing is, it's got really solid specs. So the the what is probably the headline thing is the display. It's a 120 hertz refresh rate, which we've seen a lot of phones, but not uh, we've seen a 300 pound Realme, I think. Uh, I can't remember which yeah. one, the X50,
2: one of the X50s. Yeah, there's one with a 120 hertz... Display, but um, going
0: down to two hundred pounds with one hundred twenty hertz is really, really impressive. I'm guessing
2: this that, is LCD over AMOLED. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not AMOLED, but that's still two hundred pounds. <laughs> yeah,
1: two hundred
0: pounds for a one hundred twenty hertz phone. That's what Apple still can't put that in a phone yet. So you know, you can get it in a two hundred pound Android. That's amazing. So that's great. Uh, processor actually this dovetails nicely with what we we're talking about with the Moto. This is running, if I get this right, the Snapdragon seven three two G. Yeah which is a new Snapdragon. This is the first phone to run it. So it's a seven series. Um, What's interesting about it is it's not 5G. So pretty much every processor Qualcomm has been putting out recently has had 5G support. They're being very bullish that that is, you know, where they want to go and, and 5G is the future and all of that. This is interesting because part of the reason you feel they've been able to hit this price with those specs elsewhere in the phone is by just saying lots of people don't want 5G. And we can give you better display, better processor at the same price by just acknowledging this will not be a 5G device. And at the 200 pound price point, that's fine. Loads of people don't need that. Um, and I think it's a really smart trade off. I, I ran a very quick Geekbench 5 test and actually I saw, um, very similar performance to the numbers we've seen off 765 six, 5G phones. So you are getting pretty similar to performance to that 1400 pound razor to the 700 pound LG velvet stuff like that, to the £400 OnePlus Nord um, at the cheaper end of the 765 ones. So it's going to be very close in terms of actual performance for those for gaming for day-to-day use, but you just lose 5G. And I think a lot of people will still make that trade-off right now. Yeah, for the price, yeah. yeah. I, w- I wouldn't care. I'm... Exactly. I'm generally an advocate for 5G now, having not been last year, where I think it's kind of at the point where even if your area has rubbish 5G coverage, it's future-proofing. And if you intend to keep a phone for two or three years, within those two or three years, five G coverage might get good around around where you are. But I still see that there's gonna be a lot of people who just say, I don't want five G, I don't care about five G, I don't expect good five G where I live anytime soon. So why pay for it, right? Um, exactly. But yeah, other than that, it's it's a six point six seven inch display LCD, like we said. Um, you've got a pretty nifty quad camera array it's a very ugly camera module i'll be honest
2: <laughs> they they compare um, it to a dslr i believe though on stage
1: yeah <laughs> i wouldn't what to show um, you that the dslr is better <laughs> 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 Kinda. It's,
0: it's a weird one i don't like the look of that at all uh it also does like and you probably can't see very clearly but it juts jump, out yeah, a fair bit you can see how big that is yeah yeah um it's a quad camera um the main lens is 64 megapixel and then you get an ultra-wide that I think is 13, but then the other two are just depth and macro. So I think in terms of what you're actually gonna use it for, for most people, this would be a two-lens camera, really. It's a it's a decent main camera and a wide angle. Um, but that should be fine. I ha- I've only unboxed it this afternoon, so I haven't had a chance to actually take any photos. So I have no view on the camera, but it's, you know, it, it, Poco is part of Xiaomi. They kind of weirdly kind of half split the company off. Um, into its own entity, but I think still there's a lot of it still runs on me UI 12. It's still all Xiaomi stuff underlying it uh, Xiaomi are good at camera stuff. So I would expect this will do a decent job with the specs that it's got I'm looking forward to playing around with it um, And then the other actually exciting thing Well, maybe not maybe exciting, it's too strong, but it's got a 5,000 milliamp hour
2: battery Oh, which I was—I was, was going to say—it's got a huge logo on the back, and that's exciting.
1: <laughs> uh, okay,
0: yeah, we'll come to the logo in a second. Okay, yeah, it's okay, got a big battery. Okay. It's got slightly over five thousand milliamp hour battery, which they say is two days of use. That sounds about right to me. Again, not from using it, but from like that's what I would expect. That comfortably two days use, thirty-three watt charging, so it will top up fairly quickly when you do it. So I think this will basically be a phone that ticks a lot of the boxes people at this price range care about. Right, the battery life is good. The charging is fast and Performance should be really solid. Um, the camera's probably going to be fine, but not amazing. You're not going to get 5G. Um, it's interesting to go for the high res display together with the processor. I think that's part of the pitch towards. Oh, the- Chris, Chris.
2: The- Chris, he'll come back in a we'll, sec, we'll, I'm sure. We'll
0: muddle through till he comes back. Uh, I think the part of the pitch then is it's for people who want to use it for gaming or just that kind of phone enthusiast crowd who care about performance and refresh rates. Yeah, but I could see a lot of other people actually getting on with this phone, but. Yeah, it does say Poco
2: in the back, on the back in big letters. I think that might be being reversed by my webcam. Uh, it yeah. looks, it looks all right to me. So yeah, it has the right way around. So okay. is that a is that a, a plastic back for a start? Is the first question I guess I have for the money. I assume it is. It
0: feels like plastic. Yeah, yeah. I don't actually know off the top of my head, but it definitely feels plasticky, and I would be surprised if it wasn't. Um, it is available in this blue um, or a. I think they call it grey, but it looks it's a very dark grey.
2: Yeah, it looks like black really. And it has like a strip down the middle. It looks like as well.
0: Yeah, there's sort of a, the middle central strip has a slight like diagonal lines kind of running across it, um, not textured or anything, mm. um, and not reflective in any funny colours, but just uh, slight sort of shading almost. Uh, the actual Poco logo is designed to be kind of rainbow reflective, mm. it picks up a lot of different colours in the light, I think it the camera is not doing that. Spot my best efforts, but uh, if you catch it around the lo- just the Poco bit specifically catches the light in funny ways, and you get these like quite quite nice looking rainbow effects. But I do hate this move towards big logos down the back. Um, oh, there we go. Hey, Hi, Chris. Chris again. <laughs> <laughs> do, we,
2: do, do we have a, a kind of reason beyond it just being a design decision? Like, was there like fans wanted to rep Poco or what? Why? Not,
0: not that I noticed during the, the
2: presentation. Why? I, but, yeah. <laughs>
0: I mean, honor does it as well.
2: Um, real me, I guess. Was, you know, what was the real me one? I was going to say. They, they uh, it had, was like, like Dare to Leap uh, yeah. on the oh. X7 series in China. Yeah, and it's it's bigger than that logo. To be fair, that's relatively yeah. conservative by comparison. Yeah.
1: It's, where, it's, is um... this, where did this trend come from? Is it did it come from Eastern markets? It, it's
2: or... any any manufacturer that identifies one of its like target audiences as like the youth or like the digital yeah. natives. Yeah. To quote one <laughs> particular phone brand, um, I think they just have, a, I would say, a complete misunderstanding of, of what it is that consumers are looking for in, in design mm. in a phone. Uh,
0: Certainly in the West. Again, maybe there's a different market pressures it, in, in other places, but in the UK and Europe, I can't imagine... The youth
2: wanting to go around. Yeah, with, I know, you know people like well, like, now. you know, Armani or Gucci, like in big letters on their like clothes or whatever. I don't know if Paco or Realme have yet reached the same level as those <laughs> brands.
0: Well, and again, especially when part of their pitch is their value, right? They're a value brand. It's kind so of about It's definitely s- not the one where you want to, like, splash the logo big. It's like Asda. You know- <laughs> yeah, Apple gets away with it because it's the Apple logo, and I, <laughs> I could believe people buying an iPhone that just said Apple in big letters, because yeah. like, people want to show they got the iPhone. Like a- Apple could probably get away with it, but or Samsung. But no, no. Do people want that with Poco, Xiaomi's budget youth brand? I don't know. I don't see how that works. It's it's a weird one. <laughs> so I don't love the look. Um, but it is a bit chunky and hefty, but that is because of that giant battery. So I don't want to hold that against the Poco phone it's it's got it's, it's a bit of a chunk but i think that's worth it for that giant battery you're getting and people will, will appreciate that um i am really looking forward to playing remnant i think this could be the best budget phone we've seen so far this year Ooh. right now we we put the Realme 6 at the top of our our ranking um but this kind of sits at the same price maybe even slightly cheaper and ups a couple of the key specs compared to the Realme. So, uh, which, because the Realme is 90 hertz, and yeah. I think this also has a faster processor than the Realme 6, yeah. but I may be wrong. And
2: that's, that's, you know, that's effectively Oppo versus Xiaomi. At Pretty
0: the much, lower end. Yeah. So
2: that is interesting to see kind of how Realme might respond, basically.
0: Yeah, I mean, and they've both been slashing prices so low, and I, I was very surprised by how, how much Poco have managed to cut this down. It's hard to see where they're making the money on these things at this point. Especially as a brand that is only putting out one one or two phones at a time, you know, they're not churning out loads and loads of them like Realme are. So there's not bulk to make it up, but mm. it's an interesting one. I think it could be really good. And I hope Poco kind of sticks around in this space in the market. The only confusion for me is how Xiaomi separates Poco from Redmi, which <laughs> is also how it Oh um, yeah, I forgot like, about
2: Redmi as well. Budget
0: Xiaomi phones are, are the... The Xiaomi Redmi, whatever. So, I don't know where they sit from a from a market brand perspective.
2: And if you live in a country where there is a Xiaomi a Mi store, like a physical yeah. one, you're gonna find both the Poco stuff and the Redmi stuff, like side by side on the side shelves. Side by side, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it's very odd,
0: and yeah, they they kind of spun Poco off as its own thing, but it is still definitely part of xiaomi and still runs everything and xiaomi still markets it and you buy it through the xiaomi store in the uk and all that stuff but i don't entirely understand how that works but yeah it is going to be out very very soon let me just want to i'm say just gonna question. go
2: let my cat out because he's like dying to be let <laughs> into the hallway <laughs>
0: Save, save the press. He's,
2: he's just trying to turn the light off. Yeah, he is. He is trying to throw the stream off. Two seconds, everyone. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, so it's, it comes out in the UK at least from uh, a week today, the 17th of September, <laughs> um, which is real soon. And there's actually going to be an early bird offer. So if you buy it within the first few weeks, it'll be even cheaper. It'll be £20 off if you buy the bigger model, which I recommend. That's so it's yeah. 229 quid.
1: Those um, early bird offers that they, these companies do are really good. Yeah, other other companies should do that more, like you know, pre-order discounts and I guess offers and bundles.
0: Yeah, the the most people are now getting pretty aggressive about throwing in a free pair of headphones if you buy it within yeah. the first three weeks and and stuff like that. Unless you're figures. with the Z
2: Fold two, I'm amazed that you don't. Unless you buy the Tom Brown special edition, you don't get any head. Like, what well, I thought you'd get some buds live in the box.
0: Those that that the, they have clearly had to like scrape to hit even the price point that they have on those (laughs) things, and they can't afford to throw in any freebies, or or they're running at a loss, That's my only bet. And the margins on that must still be awful Mm -hmm. for them. But, anyway. Yeah, Poco X3 NFC. Uh, (laughs) I will be reviewing it over over the course of next week, and maybe I'll have some more solid thoughts on it uh, next week's show. But Next. let's
1: coming up is the X4
0: headphone jack. <laughs> oh yeah, this this does have a headphone jack as well, which is good. I like That's headphone nice. jacks. Um, okay, uh, Huawei time, I think. Uh, we have a mess of Huawei things to talk about. So many um, things. So many things. So let's try and have a little bit of structure to it. So today was the Huawei Developer Conference. It's the equivalent of like Google I.O. or Apple's WWDC or something like that. So there's like three days of talks and panels and events for Huawei's developer community. But they start off with a keynote announcing interesting stuff. Um, first up was software this morning. and We'll get to that second. We'll start with the hardware side. So that was just a few hours ago for us. Um, they announced basically two laptops, two pairs of headphones, and two wearables. Uh, some of that we knew about last week. I think we spoke briefly about the Watch Fit mm-hmm. and maybe the Freelace Pro headphones. Um, they also released Free Buds Pro, which are essentially... AirPods Pro? SquarePods, if you will. SquarePods Pro, yeah. They are cubic iconic, to quote. While <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> Whatever that means. They said it a lot, though, so it's got to mean something. Uh, basically, they, they look a lot like AirPods Pro. They've got that shorter stem, um, but it's a squared design rather than a round tip, so it's very boxy looking. Um, they're touting amazing revolutionary noise cancelling tech. Um, we actually have a review on the site. It's been a busy day. I haven't read it, so I have no idea. <laughs> what we think of
1: them i, I can give you the it. pros and cons there we go chris great right sound quality excellent noise cancelling long Good. overall battery life and then the cons they've heart they're apparently hard to remove from the case and finicky wireless charging
0: well those sound like pretty minor cons compared to the pros yeah so, i mean i guess yeah, the main thing
1: up. you know i've been using the freebud's uh, three for a
2: long time and you know yeah. that that's an open design where these have like a silicon ear tip so they go in your ear and these do have noise cancelling but because it's open design kind of like the galaxy buds live it's a bit naff uh yeah. whereas it sounds like it's really good on the buds Three buds pro so that's good that they actually
1: addressed that and fixed it
0: yeah have you tried the free lace pro yet chris i
2: think
1: probably- you i keep meaning to get them going, and then my day just ends up too busy, I'm going to use lot. them this weekend. You've only got two ears. the same noise cancelling. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, so uh, new, new headphones, that's fine. Um, laptops, um, not a huge amount to say here, they basically released announced, refreshed versions of the MateBook X, which is their, they call it their flagship, but then the X Pro is kind of the flagship, so I, I don't really know, it's the just below flagship. flagship. Um, and the MateBook 14 These were actually both announced in China last month, so it was really just the global launch of these. What's interesting here is that one side is going Intel still, and the other has split AMD. The the 14 now has AMD's Ryzen 4000 processors, and so Huawei is still trying to do both Intel and AMD models. And there's definitely a sense that the productivity and performance machines now run AMD, and the flashy, stylish ultrabooks where performance is less of a focus run Intel. So make of that what you will. Though it's worth noting, it's the 10th gen Intel chips they're using, not the new 11th gen that were announced last week. Um, but we won't dwell on laptops. I think wearables are more interesting. We talked about the watch fit, but Toddy, they actually announced the Watch GT2 Pro. Yes, I think, that
2: is correct. Yes, there. Which
0: is, I think was the only thing today that was actually a new product. I think everything else had been revealed in China before or something. Yeah, but yeah. So like, I think... Properly new for today. As we
2: mentioned like last week, the, the watch fit was actually announced or released or you know, on pre-order in uh, Saudi Arabia or one of the um, Middle yeah. Eastern markets already before today's announcement. Where they kind of talked about it like it was a new product. But yes, alongside that is the GT2 Pro. As the name implies, it is another member of the GT family, GT2 family. So there's the, already the two sizes of GT2 and then the, the GT2e. Um, the nice. Pro is, for the most part, the same internals, same processor, the A1 chip, uh, same display, um, and uh, same Bluetooth 5.1. The main kind of upgrades in that regard are a new optical heart rate sensor that's more accurate. Um, they had it mm-hmm. like they had this table with like the accuracy of their sensor um, above something like the Garmin Fenix Six, which is a pretty high end. Smartwatch for like triathletes, and then they had a um, uh, heart rate band as well from Polar or someone above that. So it's kind of somewhere in the middle of those uh, based on their lab tests. So promising stuff. Uh, nice improvement mm-hmm. over the one that was in the GT2 and the GT2e, um, if that holds true and you're serious about fitness. Uh, but the main thing actually is the materials they're using. They've kind of gone. Premium, super premium, Uh, more so than we've seen with any of their wearables ever before. Uh, They've always had stainless steel and stuff like that, but this one uses a titanium body or titanium casing. It's got a ceramic back and it has sapphire glass on the front. So it is definitely a bit more swanky than you uh, might be used to from Huawei as smartwatches go. Is it expensive? there's two versions there's the sport and the classic um i haven't seen the sport or how different that is um i actually have the classic it's in the box right now but it comes with a rubber band so you can swap out the leather band that's fitted out the box Mm -hmm. um but the pricing difference is very small it's 329 euros we don't have uk or us or any other pricing yet um or 349 for the fancier one so oh. it might just be that you're getting different bands out of the box. You Maybe just get the rubber, rubber band with the sport version, because I can't imagine €20 does a much else no, to the smart. hardware in terms of what you're getting in box.
0: How does that compare to the other GT2s then?
2: Like, you know, if you go from a GT2 to, Ooh, to a Pro... I don't have the pricing in front of me. I'm pretty sure this is their most expensive smartwatch to date, but mm. that is still cheaper than any other premium or, like, luxury smartwatch. Um, you know, there's obviously stuff like the thousands of pounds with, like, the... Hub uh Hub Big Bang E, for example, which is like three thousand four hundred dollars. Um and that's just titanium and rubber, like on their website I was looking like yeah. they're just bigging up, it's got rubber. Cool. Um there's obviously the Apple Watch Edition, which you can get in either titanium or the casing is ceramic. Uh that was the closest kind of smartwatch I could see which had similar sort of approach, yeah. but that is a lot, lot more expensive. Um so value for money if you're looking for a luxury smartwatch, this is probably your best bet. Um, and the other thing that all of these products, which, you know, you might be planning on touching on anyway, Dom, I don't know, is there weren't any phones today. And that's for various reasons, mm. including like, you know, it's just not in time with their regular launch schedule. But I think trying to kind of highlight the products that aren't suffering under the entity list, the US entity list, to the same yeah. degree, uh, is really what they were trying to do today. And showing off a flashy watch and some nice new laptop upgrades and some great headphones that rival Apple's. It all seemed very, not suspect, it's not the word I mean, but you know they're, they're definitely trying to kind of draw it's your confident. eye away. Yeah.
0: yeah. And it, it's worth flagging with the laptops because people do us ask this, but if you're not aware, these the, the Huawei laptops all run Windows. So yeah. Microsoft managed to get an exemption. So they, they run Windows 10, just as you normally would expect. Um,
2: Generally speaking, they've been quite good in the past, all their makebook They've been really offerings, good. Yeah. I've
0: reviewed a few. Yeah. I know Chris has reviewed a couple. I've actually, I haven't seen a bad Huawei laptop yet. Wow. Um, Yeah, I use my
1: Matebook every day.
0: Yeah, I've got like two Huawei laptops and an Honor laptop in the room with me right now, through various review reasons. Uh, And I think another Honor sitting in the hallway outside. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But they're they're all very good. My 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 only caveat with them these days is that pop up webcam, which I used to love because I never used a webcam, (laughs) and now that I do use a webcam a lot, I do not want one that my fingers block the view of, Um, and that gives me like the horrible up the double chin kind of, kind of angle, but otherwise they are fantastic hardware. And it makes sense. They were, I was um, had a part of a roundtable table discussion with them where they were talking about it and you know, there's, there's definitely a sense that they are doing well off these laptops, they're selling well, they've been very well received by the press all round, and they are clearly trying to lean into that. They actually said it is, I think the phrase was extremely possible that they will start doing desktops and monitors and other peripherals. And I think they're just recognizing, again, they're challenged on phones in various ways, but they've got this space where it's like, we're making laptops, we're good at laptops, people love them. And I think they're going to lean into more stuff around that space. Um, we know Honor's got a gaming laptop coming next week, the Honor Hunter. Um, and there was also talk today of Huawei maybe launching its own dedicated gaming brand. So I think we're going to see more of that. And again, that probably means more PC stuff and more peripherals around that. And I think you're, you're absolutely spot on, Toddy, that it's basically because all of these things are the things where at least for now the us entity list restrictions don't affect them they can still put windows on this stuff they can put make headphones that don't need google support they can make wearables that run their own os and everyone expects a wearable to run the manufacturer's os anyway because wear os isn't that good um and they're fine on all that um but i guess then that's a good reason to pivot to the software side which in a way is more exciting from today um they showed off a bit of EMUI 11, which is kind of interesting. Togli, totally, I don't know if you've actually used it. Maybe you can say if there's any standout features. But uh, the big news yeah. is Harmony OS, right? Yes. yeah. No, I don't want bury the lead yeah. too much there. Um, <laughs> they haven't said much, but they, Harmony OS, if you don't know, is the OS what Huawei has built itself from the ground up to power various devices. Uh, they've talked that mostly about that being used for Internet of Things devices and wearables. But today, they basically confirmed, yeah, we're making phones. And Harmony OS, everyone kind of knew they were going that way eventually. But they have said next year, there will be at least some phones with Harmony OS on.
2: Yeah, Gen 1 Harmony OS, which launched last year, was just on their smart TV, which I'm pretty sure maybe only launched in China. Um, Definitely didn't launch in in the UK, at least. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, yeah, Harmony OS 2... Um, initially the kind of developer tools, which they kind of launched from today, are for smart TV, smart watches, and also head units was an interesting one for in-car experiences. Um, um, and they have in the past, I don't know if, if, like, you know, they've dabbled with having kind of like an Apple CarPlay style experience between their phones yeah. and cars, but they're looking, it seems, to kind of go more heavy-handed on on that relationship with the automakers. Um Yeah, which is in, an interesting direction to take and, and kind of makes sense, I think, given how their their phone and tablet division currently is is suffering. Um, But yeah, beyond that, the developer tools should start seeding for phones in December this year. Um, And then by April next year, there'll be um, support for devices with up to four gigabytes of RAM. And then October next year, devices with over four gigabytes of RAM, but that's for third parties. So, Mm. the the main thing there is i think there's every chance that we could see a phone running on harmony os much sooner than either of those dates just that third parties won't be able to develop for them if they are higher RAM ram storage devices
0: it's definitely worth flagging that the phrasing huawei has used is some phones on harmony os or things to that effect so this doesn't mean they're not making any more android phones no uh it doesn't mean there won't be any Android phones next year. It doesn't mean the next P or Mate isn't going to run on Android, anything like that. It means at least one Harmony OS phone will come out in 2021. I think they will still primarily be Android next year, yeah. with one or two Harmony devices probably at the lower and mid range while they just figure out how the hell it all works and how developer support works. I would be very surprised personally if they go all in and do one of the flagships on Harmony
1: it would seem unlikely with those with the, with those bits that toddy was saying it would seem very unlikely for them to do that yeah. du- you know during a, a, a what will likely be a long sort of period of teething exactly mm, yeah i wonder how they're going to kind of
2: onboard developers or how easy stuff that's been built for the huawei mobile services yeah. set up can transfer over to harmony os they didn't really talk about that at all so it'd be interesting to see how easy that is as a process, because if that's hard, that's basically them starting from scratch again, yeah. um, which would be pretty damning, I think, for their smartphone division.
0: And I think there's another question that I haven't really seen people talk about yet today as it's all rolled out and we're figuring things out is, I don't know, and maybe I'm just incorrect and they did clarify this, but I don't know if they said that this will be globally available Harmony OS devices because I could imagine that you might see the same hardware release with Harmony on it in China and still have an Android on it when that phone ships in the West, at least for the first year or so. I will see. And obviously they have their own problems in the West on Android anyway. But I, I wonder if, you know, we've seen so many brands that say run different Android skins for their Chinese phones versus their global launches. It doesn't seem too far fetched for me that they would ship a different OS based on the market. Um, if they think that there's hard, you know, it would be a, maybe a harder sell to get European customers to buy something that's not Android or or iPhone.
1: Mm. I'd agree. Cool. We're we'll all yeah. agreed then.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who knows? The thing is, it's just they've said so little. There's there's just huge question marks. Basically, is the space in. Yeah. we don't know a lot, and we don't know what the app what it will look like as a phone OS. You mm. know. You can go and I look mean, at like what it looks like on a TV right now, but that doesn't tell you much about how it will look and feel on a phone.
1: People are reluctant to, you know, change. They they like what they know, mm. and with you know with iOS and Android being, you know, the the two options, I can't imagine people would be overly interested in jumping to Harmony for for any particular reason. I mean, Windows Phone didn't last, and that. It's from, you know, a brand that people trust and, yeah. you know, had recognizable similarities to, you know, the operating system that, you know, so many people use. So.
0: And Samsung kind of dabbled in this, didn't they? I can't remember. Did they ever put phones out with their own OS? Or was it just because they were doing oh, all the wearables they, and they were looking at it for They phones?
1: went hard
2: on Tizen for a bit. Yeah. There was you, a you phone in phones, South right? America called the Galaxy Z, funnily enough. Nothing to do with the folding phones yeah. now. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the Z it was. And this is way back maybe Galaxy yeah. S3 kind of time frame, maybe even earlier. Um, but yeah, Tizen, you know, nowadays is relegated to their Galaxy Watch line.
0: Yeah. Um, it is one of the things, if 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 Samsung couldn't pull it off, you have to wonder mm. about Huawei. Um, and again, wonder if, if, if maybe they can pull it off in China and they can get their Chinese fans on board with buying a, a different OS because it's Huawei and they trust Huawei, I don't know. But that pitch in Europe, I, I wonder if, you know... Um, I'm I'm cautious about how people will be, how receptive people will be.
2: I was just getting and flashbacks. Sorry, I was just getting flashbacks to BlackBerry. Actually, when they were talking about it, like that too. You know, yeah. back before they they went Android, they were trying to build out the I think BB10, and mm-hmm. they you know they spent all of their time all of the press releases we were getting about how they were touring up and down like the US, holding these events, trying to onboard developers every it seemed like every day. Um mm. and you know, it just wasn't enough. Uh, I believe mm. that Huawei has the the will and the financial might to kind of stick at that a much like longer and go yeah. in it like much harder. But uh it's I mean it is still pretty much a two-horse race. You know, Windows Phone was probably the best third option there and that wasn't exactly uh, didn't really have the staying power either. So No.
1: And BlackBeast well, was actually really good. Yeah, that yeah, had they had some totally good ideas. It, it worked really well. But there's just you know there, there wasn't even space back then. So now surely you know we're so far down this road of uh, you know mobile operating systems. Surely there's even less chance now. Mm. I think what's going to be telling is
0: when they get round to trying to give that pitch to consumers, which is why is a why would a Huawei phone on Harmony OS be better than a Huawei phone on Android? Mm. Like what's the benefit I as a consumer get from a, a Harmony phone that I don't get from a Huawei and Android? Because it still won't have Google. Like exactly. It's not like switching OS lets them now, oh, this is their workaround, now you can have Google on it. And they still won't be allowed to put Google apps on it. They'll have an even harder time. They've spent so much time building up the Huawei app gallery. I can only assume that they've designed that in a way that stuff that's been developed for Huawei app gallery There's and Android is easy to port there, right? to Harmony, right? That's got to be the thinking that everything, otherwise all that work they've put into the app gallery has just been for nothing. Um, so that must, they must be working on easy porting from app gallery to harmony. Surely I still don't see why this will be better for anyone than having an Android phone that has EMUI on. And that's what I'm curious how they, how they start to say, look, here's the thing we do that you can't get on Android. But we'll see. Again, we know basically nothing about what's going to come from there. But it's it's interesting, and I think we all agree that having a third player is a good thing. Having more rivalry, I think, especially again, we sort of mentioned it a couple of times. But all this stuff going on right now between Apple, Epic, and Apple and Google, and all the things about monopolies and app stores and things like that, it's a good reminder that the market right now is weirdly, you know, it's a du- it is a duopoly, and it's weird, and that's bad. And that sucks on the software side and a hardware side and Android, the Android market has benefited so hugely from the variety of hardware manufacturers. And that's pushed such aggressive improvement that you don't see on the Apple side and, um, maybe, yeah, so we may, maybe we'll see the same in software. Maybe it will force Google and Apple to be less complacent and force both of them to push their software further and faster because there's more, more other stuff. And if, if, if Huawei can do something that blows people's minds,
2: yeah, there's been a lot of change in 2020 already, but there's probably still time for a bit more and anything yeah. I feel can happen if this year is sort of anything. So, yeah, who knows? Maybe Harmony OS is going to be the platform of choice in 2022. And, and if, if, <laughs> but one thing as
0: well to say is obviously they've, they've been very strong on this ecosystem integration so far, making their phones and tablets and laptops all work well together. Um and if they push further into that and if Harmony OS lets them push that even further, that's, that could be great. Mm-hmm. Now she reminds me of something I wanted to mention with the laptops, which is such a small thing. But if you've used any of the Huawei laptops before they have this Huawei share feature, so you can touch the phone to the laptop and then your phone screen appears on the laptop screen. You can send files, or whatever. And that used to be like this janky little sticker in the corner that had the NFC chip, or whatever, I'm not sure if it's NFC or something similar. They've now just it's a tiny little thing, but they built it into the trackpad now. And it's so oh, much better. Oh, cool! I didn't realise that the that's stick nice. is gone, and that's what they've done with today's two new launches. And you just put, hold your phone to your trackpad, click yes on a pop-up, and now your phone screen appears on your laptop screen, and you can work the, on the same files across devices and take your phone calls from your laptop and stuff like that. Um,
2: yeah, I got a few of those things from the from the emotion UI side as well when I was testing out version eleven. Right, yeah, uh, you can now run multiple apps from your phone at the same time on your. Huawei PCs, I think up to three now which you couldn't do before nice. and okay. kind of touching on what you were saying you can actually use your phone's uh, camera and microphone to do certain things like you can use it as your webcam if you want or um, for... because the webcam is terrible in the laptop. there we go <laughs> it's not just a bad place it's a bad camera so yeah they kind of are <laughs> yeah. fixing that in a way if you have like a phone stand or somewhere you can prop your phone you just have then probably the best camera you've got on you as your webcam yep. as well and it's it's wireless and portable to a degree which is kind of cool too yeah. Um, and there was one other thing, but yeah, they've, they've done a lot of work to try and tighten up their in-house ecosystem. And I think that's really smart. Um, me time, which is their kind of FaceTime Mm. equivalent, which isn't in the UK, but it's in a bunch of markets. It's coming to new ones. Um, as of like now, basically, including like Germany and France, um, they're actually saying they're going to bring that to their watches as well. So you'll be able to do meet time calls from your phone, from your tablet, I presume from their laptops and their watches. So it's all kind of they are clearly working really hard to try and build out that infrastructure to a point where it's it's there's more than just the value of buying the one device. You buy into this ecosystem in a way that Apple and, you know, Samsung have tried to do in the past and and have done in the past. But um, yeah, there's there's arguments for why the Huawei way is better.
0: I honestly think it's certainly better than anything Samsung did ecosystem-wise and up there with Apple. I think there are pros and cons to each, but I think the way they've integrated phones to laptops is miles ahead of anything you can get from an iPhone to a MacBook. And that was always half the argument on the Apple side, right? It was, well, you already got MacBooks, you might as well have an iPhone. (laughs) Um, And that's just where Huawei have put themselves, but in a much stronger case, you get so much extra functionality from uh, investing on both sides of, of that. And it's such a shame that it's all come together at a time when the phones are Harder to recommend them before, but if Harmony OS helps fix that, then I am all for it. Um, and I would love to see uh Huawei come out swinging there. Uh, cool, that will be us for today. I think it's been a long one. Uh, thank you everyone for tuning in. Uh, next week we have the LG Wing launch, I think. So that's LG's flippy T shaped weirdo phone, I'm which for I'm it. very I'm excited, excited for. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I Cannot wait to see them try and explain what the benefit you actually get from that design is. I love the design. I want one, but I really want to hear them explain what it actually does and why you should want it other than cool. (laughs) Hopefully this time next week, we will know. So uh, thank you to everyone. Bye. Uh, Like and subscribe. You know, all of that stuff. (laughs) Yeah. See you guys.